Yo, Mr. Coombs. what's I'm up, man? In the same time. Oh my god, we're so what's in up? sync. Do you ever feel like you know what I'm about to say before? Never. Really? Never. I just feel like you know what you know. Once we've done podcasting for so long, it's almost like we're finishing each other's. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I needed you to say sentences. Jesus, oh. like the oldest trick in the book. Fuck. Anyway, that's what I didn't want to give into that cliche. Anyway, sure. <laughs> So, uh, part two of our Sam Barron epic. Yes. This is a special episode because this is a part two. First time we've ever done a part two. I know, listeners. Mental. Crazy. Fucking Crazy. Mental. But on this episode, what we're doing is we're workshopping short film ideas. Yeah, so Sam actually uh, messaged us and was like, would you guys fancy doing this? Uh, each of you bring an idea and then we'll workshop it live on the podcast. When you say live, you mean... I mean, we'll workshop it. I don't know, how else would you describe it? <laughs> when we're recording. Like... Uh, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean. <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, and so so Yain and I each brought an idea. Yain's idea uh, a lot more fully formed than mine. We kind of did that on purpose, so... Uh, Yain's already done a few drafts of his script and mine was simply... Stop making excuses for yourself, Will. Simply an image. (laughs) Simply an image. No excuses uh, for Yain, but excuses for me. Um, And then what we did is uh, Sam basically just workshopped them with us. Um, So we got really into in-depth about the idea, the characters, structure, why that idea was personal to us and why it was a story that we should tell. So it was a really uh, totally new angle on on the podcast. Uh, And to be honest, I've been thinking about mine loads after yeah it's um, um i guess also it's important to note as well that sam is teaching the nfts currently so you know not only has he written these amazing short films that we'll link again in the description below check out the previous episode for more context on them but he's also teaching so we, we've we've got his expertise to help us with these short films yeah and it's awesome and i hope they will be useful for you guys to listen to yeah so yeah let's jump Enjoy. in This is a bit of an experiment, but basically, so I've been doing a bit of teaching in the last year or so um, on the NFTS short filmmaking course. And what we do in those sessions is basically workshop the students' ideas kind of in real time in a a group context. And so we thought it would be fun uh, to try workshopping some ideas in this section of the podcast so I believe each of you has an idea. We've brought an idea. Yes, brought an have. idea each, yeah. and we're going <laughs> to give this a go. So I don't know what you're going to tell me, yeah. but what we hope, I suppose, is that this will be an informative eavesdropping on what it's like to take an idea from point A to point B, yeah. and maybe we can, you know, illuminate some of the things that tools that we use or, or techniques that we use or, or things that we look for in an idea, and so. This will just be what it will be. Yeah. We, I, I have no idea how it's going to go. Um, crazy. <laughs> I think it's going to be something. So <laughs> be something. something will occur. Well, that we'll much I can the promise words you. Words will be spoken. Words <laughs> will be spoken. Um, so which one of you would like to start? Do you uh, I don't mind going. I mean, okay. All right. Um, so yeah, what do you, you want to just hear? Like, the yeah. Story, why don't you just tell me the yeah the idea as it currently exists in your head. Okay. And, you know, if it takes three minutes, five minutes, ten minutes, that's fine. If you just tell me, like, where you're at with this idea and what is it so that we can then, you know, pool our shared resources and uh, try and take it to the next cool. step. Sounds good. Um, so, yeah, my idea, 
um, set in like an old school bodybuilding gym. So I, I know this guy really well. He's a friend of mine, Ian, and he, he owns a gym like this. And he used to be a bodybuilding champion. And I actually made a documentary on him last year. And I just think he's a fascinating character. And the gym is, is really interesting to me. It's like, um, it's got like pictures of him all over the walls and the, the weights are sort of rusty and there's a lot of like really big meatheads around, but there's a real nice community feel to the place as well. And um, so I had an, like a, an idea, uh, not, not this isn't like based on Ian exactly, but based on the setting and sort of inspired partly by Ian's background, but like it would be like um, an old ex-bodybuilding champion who owns the gym and he's in like financial dire straits and set over like, I don't know, a day or so. And he's essentially trying to keep the gym afloat. Like he's been totally screwed over by like COVID or, you know, other financial difficulties. And they're, they're losing a lot of money. And he's going to have like a, a personal training appointment um, or session even with a private investor who is interested in giving the money, some money to the gym. But everything is going wrong over this day. So he's got to look after his daughter on that day as well. And she's like, you know, comes in quite often, like, you know, once at the weekends, whenever he looks after her. So we've got, he's got to look after her and he, he loves her dearly and really wants, you know, to have a good relationship with her. Um, also, his ex-wife comes in early to pick up the daughter um, and he's not happy about that because he wants to have the time with the daughter. Um, also, like he's got uh, like a, like a painful shoulder injury that he has to take medication for and then there's like a loan shark that you know wants the money back that he's loaned so like all these issues um are happening and he's having to balance everything while also kind of keeping this private investor suite and i think it all kind of deteriorates into him essentially breaking down at one point and i don't know in my head it would be like a machine breaks or something like that which is so totally out of his control and he loses it and then I think shouts at the daughter or loses at the daughter or loses it at the wife, this sort of thing, and then jeopardizes the relationship that he has with the daughter that he cares most about. And then, um, yeah, and then he's sort of like left with nothing. Uh, and I think maybe at the end, I haven't really, you know, thought about it, but either it comes up and he kind of decides to give the daughter a call and realizes that that's the most important thing, like the gym is sort of secondary and that the, that relationship is the most important or he's just left with nothing. And it's a sort of like, I guess, a story about how, yeah, about prioritizing the right things in your life. And if you don't, what can what can go wrong? So yeah, that's sort of where I'm at with it. But it can, you know, it could go in so many different directions. So, but that's that's just Great. what I'm thinking. Okay, perfect. So I love it. The reasons I love it are um, the setting is amazing. Uh, it's such a cinematic environment. Mm. It's also a contained setting pretty much like this you know you get that location it's achievable um but yeah it's it's such a rich world and you can immediately imagine the sort of the supporting characters that populate that space and you know the, there's there's such a um an impact to that you know environment and particularly um it immediately tells me that this is a film at some level about masculinity which is my favorite topic yeah and so stuff, yeah. yeah i guess that's you know what i'd love to dig into a little more i think like my big note would be so it feels like there's a lot of pressures upon him and there's very clear sort of stakes you know he, there's this money that's needed the loan shark there's there's a clear sense of jeopardy in terms of what's going to be lost also with these relationships and so on but 
in a way, um, all these things are being sort of put upon him by the construction of the movie. But what I'm not yet understanding is how he is the architect of his own destruction. Mm. So, you know, if you think about Uncut Gems, which has a similar structure as a film, like that character, he he could make different choices yeah. and he would stop creating problems for himself. But he's almost addicted to that feeling of stress and that feeling of being on the back foot. Mm. And so he almost, he's, you know, because he refuses to change, things get worse and worse and worse. Mm. So... I guess, like, my big question, and it relates also to how does the film end, mm. is, like, what are we really saying about masculinity with this film? And what are we really saying about this person in particular? Why is this character, you know, the one who's ended up in this situation with the lone shark and with these relationships and so on? You know, when you think about um, a sitcom character, Basil Fawlty or, you know, David Brent or whatever... Alan Partridge, you're talking about a character who uses a hammer when a chisel will do. And they, you know, because they wield this particular hammer, they create particular types of consequences for mm. themselves. But as ultimately, can't they can't help it. They end up in Basil Fawlty type situations because yeah. they make Basil Fawlty type moves. Mm. So I'd be really interested to talk more about this character. Who is he? And why? It, what kinds of choices is he making that are creating this situation? So that it's not just he's got a bad shoulder that's painful because that makes things worse for him although it's good to make things worse for him so i don't want to take any of those elements away mm. but like you know like I i've done a few uh, projects especially um a few years ago that involved like money as a motivating factor and money can be a motivating factor and the need for money can be a motivating factor but on its own it can be a bit um uh like outside of the sort of the humanizing principles of the story and so it's like, well, what story does this character have about money? Like, you know, do, do they have a scarcity principle in how they operate in relationship to money, which means that they actually have some core belief about themselves that they don't deserve money and therefore they spend it in, you know, bad ways and they fritter it away and whatever. Or do they, like, like why is money actually a metaphorical symbol in this story for the thing that's inside themselves emotionally and psychologically which needs to be dealt with? And I think if we, if we can talk about that, I think we'll discover what the ending of the film is. So maybe that's all I'll say initially. And maybe you could just respond to that to say like, uh, yeah. I think, yeah, that's super interesting. I mean, like um, with the money thing, I I had that similar think, thought as well. And I was thinking about the idea is like, oh, is that enough of a motivation? Because it's sort of a bit empty. I suppose in my head, it's sort of is linked to the gym itself. It's like, that is his identity. That is who he is. That is his you know, if he's this ex-bodybuilding champion and that's the, the emotional connection he feels is like, oh, this is this is everything to me, this fitness world. I can't lose this, otherwise who am I? I'm just a... Is that his, is that his like, tragic flaw then? Well, yeah, I don't, but I don't know if that's strong enough. Well, but, no, I mean, what, what you've said there, which illuminates it in a new way for me, is, okay, he's an ex-bodybuilding yes, champion. Yes, sorry, yeah, ex, so, yeah. So no, which you probably now. did yeah. say initially, but... Just repeating it then there really helps me because then I'm going, okay, so this is ultimately maybe a story about someone needing to accept that that time is over mm. and he's mm. clinging to the gym yes, exactly. as something like as, as a way to stay with one foot planted in that world. Mm. Yeah. But is that still serving him? And actually, you know, is his clinging to that just creating these problems, you know, it's creating exactly. this pain in his shoulder, it's creating these problems in his relationships and so on, mm. because ultimately 
he's not a young man anymore. He, yeah, he can't let go of the past. Exactly. Like I'm a big believer that when things get boiled down to a cliche, it's because they tend to be true. Mm. And that is, you know, he basically, it's a story about a man needing to let go of who he was and embrace who he is now. And that doesn't mean that the story has to have a happy ending. You can, you know, uncut gems doesn't have a happy ending because the character refuses to change. But like, yeah. So if that's what the story's about, then I suppose, you know, why is there all this debt I'm going, okay, so, you know, in, in uh, like, psychology, there's this principle of the sunk-in cost. It's, you know, what you'd call throwing good money after bad. So, you know, is it has it been plain to see from an outsider's perspective, maybe from his ex-partner's perspective, that this gym has been a failing business for a long time and he's been trying to, like, you know, plug up the holes mm. on the Titanic or whatever, but ultimately, like, the, as you say, this is a this is a story about accepting where his life is at now and embracing what it is and letting go of what it was yeah if so that tells me yeah that i i I guess i guess what we're really talking about is like how are you dramatizing in the early character introduction to this guy and then the sort of you know the introduction introductory scenes to each element within his world how are you dramatizing that he is hoisted on his own petard rather than just the victim of circumstance being put upon him. Mm, so it's like making him more active then in those decisions that have Yeah, and maybe in, in the backstory in as well. Like you know, the scene with the loan shark or in the scene, you know, with his ex partner or whatever, it's like, you know, is the ex partner got a sort of I told you so attitude, mm. which is we in which we're learning about decisions that were made prior to the start of the film. Yeah, like but, maybe he had an opportunity to sell the gym for a lot of money, right? But decided not to and keep it even, exactly because or sell he, it and convert it into some like I don't know, yeah, whatever it is, knock it down. Exactly, I think I think that's the key is is why is this gym so important to him? What mm. does it mean to him? And you know, I think we're all sort of vibing with this with this idea that it's a symbol of what he used to have yeah but then i think it's about yeah sort of getting specific in terms of as you say what choices has he made that action that essentially Mm. and what direct consequences have stemmed from that so yeah the opportunity he had to sell it to someone and to get out and he turned that down even though it would have been good business sense to do that Mm. that's a great piece of backstory because that immediately Mm. tells us you know it's like um there's a great line in uh, the first episode of The Bear, where um, the sister says to him, you know, you don't need to be doing this. Yeah. And there's just a shot in his eye. You know, you just see in his eyes, like, yeah, it doesn't make rational sense for him to be doing this, but he needs to be doing this. Oh, yeah. And I think there's something similar going on in, in yeah, it's this the same story. It's like the horror of ambition, like to actually be burdened with ambition. It's yeah. kind of terrible because you can't live a normal life. Yeah. You have to do- well, I, just- I guess I just wanted to say one more thing and then I'm really curious yeah, to hear yeah, what no, you have no, to no. say, which is, which is just, you know, we've been talking about planting that as backstory, but I wonder what happens if you actually bring that onto the board in terms of the active, yeah. like, like what happens if you know, within the canvas of time that the story operates within, an offer comes in mm. that will bail him out. And you get to have that shot where you see him make the choice in real time. Yeah. Because some, there's something about having it be present tense rather than backstory we're learning about yeah. that I think can make it, you know, like if if, if you were in the, in the first episode of The Bear and someone said, hey, remember when someone said to you, you don't have to be doing this and you said, I want to do it, it would have much less impact yeah, on an yeah, audience than getting to him. see the look yeah. in his eyes mm, in real time mm, mm, mm. so i wonder what we could bring yeah onto the board in those early scenes as we're establishing the yeah. world because you could you know you could totally imagine you know the offer comes in to bail him out and he says no and that's in the first or second scene and then you've got the ex-partner you know coming in in the third or fourth fourth scene 
going, what the hell? You turned down the offer. What the hell are you doing? Yeah. You yeah. know, and then it becomes an active choice. And then, you know, in terms of your ending, maybe it is that he chooses to accept this offer hmm. but we understand that that's not a depressing ending that is actually because yeah, he's... he's choosing a different priority and letting yeah. go of the thing that's had power over him yeah is there is there an element of i'm reading this paul Auster book called four three two one which is phenomenal you should watch it but there's the the father character in it who's created a store it's like a furniture store and it is his obsession but we see it all from the kid's eyes and i remember talking about this with you and you and it's told through the kid's eyes about how he perceives his father and because he doesn't his dad doesn't spend any time with him because apart from on Sundays, but he works, he's out of the house at five and he's back at 10 p.m. And that is all he cares about because he's come from poverty and he's and this is like he's clinging on to the store is the only thing that can keep him afloat and his family afloat i remember talking to you about this because i've read the script so i'm in a bit of a different position yeah, yeah, yeah. um uh about uh and i remember vow saying the same thing and we were like what about um what's the whose perspective are we seeing it from mm. and we said mate would it how much would it change all of this everything we've just been talking about if it's all seen through the eyes of is it a girl or a, a, a uh, daughter yeah the daughter's mm. eyes and like i don't know isn't does that make sense well if, that if does make sense that's interesting i mean yeah, I for some reason my instinct is I like it being told from this guy's perspective, but I I just totally see the value of it being from the young girl's perspective. I suppose it's about you know what you have privileged access to. So if you're with yeah. him, then you get to see you know a bunch of but but equally it can be interesting for the audience to have to fill in the blanks. So if you're only giving them what the girl mm. can see, that for sure can can kind of create mystery that allows the audience to be active participants in the story. Um, but I guess like like one one thing you just said. Uh, gave me this idea which was kind of lighting me up which is like um, around I guess kind of cognitive dissonance and like lying to himself like if he gets this offer to bail him out and whatever and rejects it and then someone's asking him you know like what's going on with that or whatever and he lies about it mm -hmm. like seeing the character lie that's is telling the yeah. audience at some level he knows that that's not a decision that he can justify yeah but yeah. he's choosing to be covert rather than just say i know it's bad business yeah. but i can't let this go because it means accepting my own you know yeah like or mortality. Says, oh, yeah the meetings next week or something like yeah that. exactly oh they cancelled like, oh, yeah, or canceled. oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah just sort of kicking the can down the road like yeah and and if you're from the daughter's perspective what you lose is the opportunity to have like juxtaposing mm. moments where we can see what yeah. the character is feeling or thinking about his own choices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so instead, I suppose, like, yeah, what he's chasing then, I'm just thinking about the engine of the piece, because, mm. or like, I mean, yeah, so yeah, if you would have that moment of like, he turns that opportunity down, which would have made mm. the gym would have been totally gone then and he would have been on his own. But then, um, what what is he wanting and i'm I well imagine... i think he's chasing alternative solutions so it'd be like it'll be like money from the loan shark or money from the you know it'd be like because i guess we have a private investor at my head come in who would give him some money and mm. then maybe have a stake but he'd still have the majority of the, the yeah. gym but i don't know if that makes things a little bit too tangled do you know what i mean well it's it's like um did you see that movie theater camp no okay well theater camp like has a similar strand in it where there's this guy who is uh, after his mum falls into a coma and he takes over the theatre camp that she's been running and he's got to kind of oh, make it function as a, yeah, yeah. As, as, a, as a business and it's losing a lot of money and blah 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 and what happens is spoiler alert but the um, the sort of uh, sort of money types who are the investors behind the rival theatre camp down the road come to him and are like 
we will bail you out, but the condition is we're basically going to like like close this place and we're essentially we're buying you out to stop you being a competitor to right. us. And he's making, you know, he make, he ultimately makes that decision, you know, in a sort of like cowardly for lack of a better option kind of way. Um, but I guess the point being like, you could totally have a solution, quote unquote, be offered to him early on in the story, which would completely solve the problem if he will accept, I no longer get to be the owner yeah, of this gym. And he's he's gone, no, that's not possible. That's unthinkable. Yeah. And so he's spending the whole movie with the same engine you had originally, which is looking for viable solutions. Yeah, but we've seen But within the context already. of knowing there is a solution and it's a solution that would allow you to actually spend time with your daughter and actually have yeah. the mm. things that we can see would be really good for you as a person in terms of meeting your actual needs as a character. But it does involve, I'm sorry to say, giving up this thing that has defined you for your entire yeah. adult life, you yeah. know? So I don't think it's about changing what you've got. I think, and, and by the way, I'm, I'm saying all of this, you know, it's really important to say, I'm certainly not telling you, you should do this. I'm giving these things as examples of, you know, the kinds of things, the kinds of like techniques you can use early on in the story that can contextualize things so that you can be telling the story, which I think you're wanting yes, to tell yeah, regardless, yeah, yeah. you know. And what's interesting is you're saying, it's like, he's the architect of his own destruction. And yeah. that sort of like, really drives that point home. If, yeah, because also then know. the audience gets to invest in like his kind of emotional redemption or whatever from the start. Because if you don't get them on the hook in that way, then at the end he like gives up the game and, you know, chooses his daughter or whatever. And perhaps there's a risk that the audience thinks, oh, it's a bit of a bolted on cheesy ending or whatever. Mm. Whereas if you've like foreshadowed that from the start of this is really what he probably needs to do. And mm. it's interesting to watch a man run from what he needs to do. And that, yeah. you know, relates to the theme of masculinity as well of like, you know, he feels he needs to be defined by his professional identity. He feels he needs to be a provider. He feels he needs to be outwardly successful, etc. When actually all his daughter wants is a dad, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and, and I suppose going back to the perspective thing, there's also the opportunity to have a dual perspective mm. and to use the daughter's perspective yeah, at I like the idea choice moments both. to invest yeah. us in that, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. relationship Seeing from story. the outside this like... Oh, what I liked about that is, is, is like you're seeing this father figure kind of like melt almost mm. in front of you and it's like you know when you're that young and you, your parents are like Ooh. he's like gods and then it's like oh yes, he's totally. a human being totally. okay not well that's a, good because not a, yeah. not a the god <laughs> yeah what, what I, mean? I really love about that is also what you're talking about is like yes this is a story about him and his daughter but also to get deep with it it's a story about him and his inner child why did that young version of him need to become a bodybuilding champion in the first place yeah. what belief did he carry about himself that he was somehow not enough or that you know he was only lovable if he's the champion and whatever like can you strip this guy back to that you know child inside him and find a way to give him the love and connection that he never got when he was young because of the way that his father was and so on through making a different choice now and embracing the relationship with the daughter in the ways that you're describing and also you know it'd be interesting to see the relationship he has with other men in the gym, right? Like supporting characters. It, it might be that, you know, those relationships initially have a certain tumbra to them and that tumbra. as he's like being pushed to breaking point, he's forced to admit to like some guy who he's been all sort of tough with throughout the film. Like, I'm, I'm fucking not okay, man. Like, you know, yeah. I'm really struggling. And, and that could be a really kind of profound point to get to in mm. terms of, you know, what does, 
what's the surprising response from that that guy that somehow gives him the extra bit of confidence he needs to let go of what he's been carrying and make the different choice you know yeah yeah because that like i guess you know the reason a possible reason why he's like oh why it's all about image or, mm. you know why he wants that success so badly it wants to be the big the big guys that i don't know maybe yeah he just can't bear to be seen as vulnerable perhaps right or like um, brilliant you know, it, it's it's like, and then, you know, I do like, I, I think a breakdown or something like that is really... Essential. Is, yeah, and if, you know, and especially if he's trying to, as hard as he can to fight against the breakdown occurring, yeah. but it happens despite himself, but the way that it's received, especially if it's from another man, mm. is surprising, but actually, like, like, in facing that worst fear and having it be okay, that unlocks something in which he's... Because, yeah. you know, like, in Pixar yeah. storytelling terms, mm. they always say, you know, what choice does the main character make at the end that they were unable or unwilling to make at the start, the start yeah. and so by dramatizing that choice being offered to him at the start you're showing to the audience he was unable or unwilling to do this at the start and he's unable nice. and he's able or willing to do it at the end so the events of this movie although they were the worst day of his life yeah. they were also they the best him. day of his life sort yeah. of like accepting help or maybe like accepting like help that. yeah admitting vulnerability accepting mm. his you know changing body his changing capacity his you know yeah. his stage of life the the role that the world around him wants him to play you know he received love when he was younger by being the champion and everyone got to look at him with you know yeah. stars in their eyes but actually, that's not what people around him want from him now. Mm -hmm. What his daughter what, wants is just a dad. Yeah. Like, what? what is it that he is... If he wasn't lying to himself, mm -hmm. what is it that he is now that basically he needs to accept at the end, if yeah. that makes sense? Well, I guess in this situation, he would have to accept the fact that the gym is, you know, this is not a financial viable option and that he yeah. should be but like... But who is just... he? Who is he then without the gym, I guess? Exactly. Because yeah. the just... gym is outside himself yeah, and ultimately I mean... every, you know, like like how in a dream, every character in a dream is a version of yourself. You yeah, know, like yeah. the gym is just an outward expression of something that's inside of him. So his relationship yeah. with that is a relationship with a part of himself, uh, you know. Yeah. So I guess like, yeah, exactly. So, so without the gym, then he is a personal trainer. Right. And then he's not he's not the guy like the guy in my head his name is mickey it's mickey's muscle gym it's, right he's not you know he's not the king of the gym he's just he's the he's yeah the guy comes in he's and, just mickey exactly yeah, yeah. and that so, needs to be okay i guess it's about like the character mickey redefining what a champion means and what success yeah. means redefining the metric yeah, exactly. of success for himself exactly. on his yeah. own terms yeah. at this phase of life but mm. you know i suppose the other curiosity i have as we're talking about it and especially you know you're talking about this documentary you've made as well mm. is like You've made this documentary. Mm. You've made this documentary. You want to make this short film. Like, what is it? What is mm. it for you? Like, mm. in what way? Like, like, yes, we're putting, you know, Ian's story on film, and we're revealing the the you know, vulnerable parts of Mickey over the course of the story, or whatever. But you, as the filmmaker, like, what does this story really mean to you? And like, where are you sort of risking? exposing the parts of yourself that you know like what why why this story for you you know if i if i'm a funder and you're pitching to me i'm you know i might ask you why now and you can talk about masculinities in crisis and men need to blah 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 yeah it's all good i might also say why are you why are mm. you the right filmmaker for this well yes you had the idea but also what does it mean to you it's a good question and one i haven't really thought about but and you don't need a perfect answer but like yeah. I suppose I, I I don't I um I think masculinity generally is very interesting ground for me 
and like having like an outer display of having it together when you don't really mm. and i think that perhaps is the is the thing i, I would relate to the most mm. in terms of being able to be very like not let anyone through like kind of which is i think you know a kind of common thing Extremely amongst relatable. men yeah you know it's just like there's no no everything is totally fine <laughs> you know this yeah. sort of but do you think, do you think then his, his floor or like the floor of that is then is um pride well, well it, I think maybe it's less... Uh, for me, I think... I don't know if, if the thing I have, at least, maybe it's different in the film, is that it's like, I don't want to... It's less... It's not pride, per se. It's just... um, Yeah, I, I don't know. It's like a fear more. It's like, I'm afraid... Mm. I'm, I'd be afraid to let anybody see that <laughs> mm. in case they were to judge me for it i suppose mm. i mean like to get really psycho like yeah you know, yeah get into psychology of it but yeah. i mean that's immediately telling me like i kind of want a moment early on in the film where something happens quite possibly it's this offer that will bail him out or whatever and, and maybe there's someone else in the room who's his friend in the gym or whatever you know who knows that that's occurred and he's like said no and then the offer you know the person who's made the offer leaves and there's a little look from the other person in the room and he's like it's fine. It's fine. And just that, like, the dramatization of the mm. it's fineness. And if that character is the same guy who later on, you know, towards the end, he has his breakdown in front of and he shows that vulnerability and he gets to admit some of the things you just said about, like, like, I'm I'm scared, you know, I, mm. I, I don't think I am fine. Like, I, I don't think I don't know if I can get out of this one. Like, I'm meant to be Mickey the Muscle, but mm. I think my like, you know, I think I think I think I'm at the end of my rope kind of thing. Yeah. You know, that like. Is he, is he, you just said something there's really interesting, he's like, oh, I'm, I'm meant to be Mickey the Muscle, is he then, does, is he then now, he's playing up to Mickey the Muscle, who is a, mm. essentially an invented character that yeah. he's made for himself, and you can't, he can't live up to who that mm. is, because they're not an actual person, mm. and then how, I don't really know what I'm trying to say here, but then like. I do, a, what, a, what, yeah. I, what I love in what you're saying is like, you know, if he's saying to this guy, you know, he's his kind of friend, but they don't, they've never gone, you know, they've never gotten really vulnerable with each other. And he's going, I'm meant to be Mickey the Muscle. In a way, all you need that guy to say is like, why? Yeah. You know, yeah. like what? Yeah. Why do you need, like, like just that sort of the, the implication being, I, I don't need you to be, who, who, you know, for whom are you doing this? Yeah. You know? Mm. Also, was, was, and maybe there doesn't need to be an answer to that. Question. No, I think yeah. that, I think without yeah, the answer, yeah, it's more powerful. And then yeah, just yeah. see him make the choice that he was unable or unwilling to make at the start. And you go, okay. Yeah. So whatever that why meant to him, he's let that thing go. Yeah. Mm. What is it that triggers wow. that choice to be made at the end that he can't make at the beginning? I think it would be, I mean, in my head, maybe it would be that he's exhausted all the other possibilities and he's had a breakdown. Yeah. And then he's like, well, there is literally no other option here but to do this thing. Mm. But, you know, so then it's less of a decision. It's more, but maybe it's also like the daughter as well or like losing mm. the relationship with the daughter or, you know, kind of getting so stressed that he's... Absolutely. Well, know, God, that's interesting, isn't it? Like, you know again, in terms of that, why why does he need to be Mickey the Muscle? Like, mm. if he's carrying this belief that, like, you know, he needs to be Mickey the Muscle also for his daughter, he wants his daughter to see him as this, like, you know, super powerful, godlike figure of Mickey the Muscle. And, like, again, in that sort of breakdown moment, is able to just realise 
like maybe that's who I thought I needed to be because mm-hmm. that's who my dad pretended to be and you know whatever but like just realizing like when he was a kid he he didn't want his dad to be that he just wanted yeah, yeah. a dad and his daughter probably just wants you know and that doesn't need to be spoken aloud but if there's if you can give enough that that's why you know I love questions that don't get answered in dialogue mm-hmm. you know it's just like you have that why be asked and then you do the right shot on his face and you see in his mm. eyes and then you see him make the alternate choice that he didn't make at the start mm. and the audience can kind of project onto that like uh, you know if you've sprinkled in something about the dad earlier or if you've sprinkled in you know i mean you've got this whole thing with the daughter that's very high in the mix already so you know like i, I guess you do, I, I don't need the film to tell me with perfect clarity why he's made that choice as long as you have pushed him to the edge of his rope emotionally mm. and like you know you, you talk about exhausting all, all the options well yes exhausting the options in terms of the external you know possibilities on the table but also exhausting all the options for himself internally you know mm. he's tried being mickey the muscle you know he's tried whatever like maybe you want a scene where he tries to use his muscle to you know intimidate someone to get some money mm. and actually they're not intimidated by him anymore you know mm. or or like mm, there's some younger guy who's you know who slams him against the lockers and you dramatize in real time god these muscles don't work like they used to you know like mm. can can you show him in that basil faulty mm. way mm. i'm gonna try and use my muscle i'm gonna try and use my smarts i'm gonna try and use my you know whatever else no, like works. Was that? And none of it worked. Yeah, really? gift yeah. of the gab, like you know, yeah. whatever else he he believes the like superpowers he has are, yeah. and they don't work. Mm. And in fact, you know, they're actually just making things worse because now that guy who he tried to muscle up against is just you know turning other people against him and what like mm. you know, and until all that's left for him is to use the last superpower a man wants to touch, which is vulnerability. <laughs> you know, admitting that he's yeah. not a Superman, and that actually proves to be the thing that gets him not what he thought he wanted, but what mm. he actually needed, which was yeah. the relationship with his daughter and then possibly the reconciliation with the partner or maybe that can just be an ambiguous, you know, hanging thread. Mm. Um, mm. Mm. Wow. I really like it, I'm man. So it's good. It's really good. It's really cool. Yeah, yeah. Really you should make it. We've got this recorded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I was thinking earlier, I was like, fuck, I want to take some Sans <laughs> notes now. I was like, yeah, fuck, we're recording it. So, yeah, yeah. 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 No, thanks. How does that sit with you? Ah, really well. I mean, I think the most, I think what's interesting is that you could go down the route of at the end, he's vulnerable, which I think is a really exciting route to go down. And then he makes the right decision. Mm. Or you could also go down the uncut gems route of it just being like, he's the architect. He made that decision at the start. And it loses everything, yeah. And he refuses to change, yeah. Which I and I also and, like and you can like there's that. a third option, which is that you you take him right up to the point of making that final decision, and you cut to black, yeah. and you let the audience project onto the film. What did, he what, did he change or yeah. not? You oh, know, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, mm. I th- I I think that one or the first is the more interesting way to do it because like uncut gems has already done it so well in mm. with Adam Sandler's <laughs> character, but not that you compare it, not that you're trying to make an uncut gems, but like trying to resolve it in a in a way that's not cliche is actually a bit harder I think as well it's an interesting yeah. challenge isn't it yeah. can you do a happy ending that doesn't feel like yeah, cheesy totally. cliched but you're an expert at that sort yeah. of thing actually well I, you... I don't know I mean you know I think the way you do it is you have the conversation that we've just been having and mm. you make it like you make it real and you don't like take the you know the cheat route to get there and mm. just sort of yeah you, you have to actually 
take the audience on the journey of exhausting all other emotional options and and punishing him for making the wrong options you know it's like um yeah like like i think it's really that's why i talk about consequences being you know the architect of his own destruction right it's like he mm. tries to use the muscle the universe of the movie punishes him for that mm. he tries to use his you know gift of the gab or whatever yes, the universe punishes yeah. him for that so there's a kind of it's like training a rat in a maze you know it's yeah. like if if the movie can be punishing him for doing the wrong things ultimately all that's left is this breakdown and and the the you know after all this punishment he gets the reward at the bottom of the you know yeah. chasm of the breakdown which mm. is this little moment of connection which doesn't even necessarily need to be spoken aloud it could just be mm. you know in in lost in translation there's a beautiful moment where it's just like a hand touches a foot and that's the totality of yeah, it you know yeah. a hand on his on mickey's shoulder or just like a kind of you know whatever the smallest version of that is but that just gives him that tiny little reward mm. so that then when he's walking into the offer from the start part two he's going that was enough that that just that little thing was actually all i needed to you know yeah. swing the needle mm. it's like it, um like the latest season of the bear i thought was some of the best you've ever watched mm. and there's so much of it that you want Kami to be happy when he's with that girl and you know that he's not going to right do it and there's an i think is it the ending where he's like in uh he's like stuck locked himself in the fridge and he's become essentially the architect of his own mm. fucking nightmare where he's stuck in the fridge and he has a breakdown in this fridge and he's tried to control everything and he's tried to make it all fucking happen mm. and then everything is out of his well i think the key words there is tried to try control to. everything tried yeah. to do you know it's like you yeah. want you want to dramatize those things he's trying to do yeah. with specificity so that when the shoulder pain is kicking in and all this stuff we're going yeah well yeah of course it is because he's fighting against yeah. you know the 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 tides mm. so you think that every not maybe not everything everything but as many things as possible he should be trying to it should be i, I think so active protagonist yeah, you know yeah, yeah. like consequences stemming from his actions the more mm. that those things can have a direct causality the better right. otherwise you know it's easy to slap a character around you know yeah like yeah, yeah. and it can it's fine like it you know it can work sometimes but to really, if you want, especially if you want to earn that, you know, happy ending, quote unquote. Yeah. But actually, regardless of the ending, because even if if it's uncut gems, you know, if Adam Sandler is not the architect of his own destruction, then it's just a guy, guy gets killed, gets killed <laughs> for yeah. no reason. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you yeah, care, yeah. Look, you care so fucking much when he dies. You do. I really just. Yeah, which is mad how they crazy. managed to achieve that because he's not a likable character. Yeah. I mean, it would be really interesting to rewatch Uncut Gems and to just look every like yeah. just make a note in a notepad every time he makes an active character choice. Mm. What does he try to do? And try and like associate that with like you know an underlying emotional principle or whatever he's trying to you know hide his. Uh, fear or he's mm, trying to mm, yeah. you know like act the big man or whatever and then look i bet you every single time there's a punishment from the universe you know mm, i haven't mm, done mm, the exercise mm. but it's highly likely yeah um and and as you know that there's there's also an emotional investment in the positive direction of you you do get why he's trying to hold everything together and what he's trying to pull off yeah. um but because it's yeah. a boiling point as well, you know. You've oh, got yeah. Stephen Graham yes. trying to hold everything yes. together and all of these things. All, and he's drinking, but he's making the decision to drink. And he's right. Because, and he's mm. drinking, and things get worse. He drinks more. He snorts and he's, more. And he's the issue and with he's, the poisoning as well. Which yeah, he, it's yeah. his fault. Right. 
Right, um, fault, blame, yeah, exactly. Yeah, fault. Can the blame lie with Mickey, yeah. ultimately? And in that, there's an Uncut Gems example, because he, all of it is like punishment at the end, death. Yeah. Right, 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 yeah. right, right. Um, you know. <laughs> um, I, do, I think the happy ending is harder to pull off of maybe yes. more fulfilling. Yes. I don't know. Well, it would yeah, be I'd be interested yeah. to, to see if you can pull it off. Mm. Yeah. You know, like I think, for me, that's the most impressive ending to pull off, yeah, because yeah. we're all primed to go... <laughs> cynical i'm you know i'm not gonna give them that but you pull it off and we all cry yeah Mm, great you know okay so that's worth doing 13 drafts to get to that ending in my opinion but yeah was it in tall dark and handsome the ending Mm. i was like i was there i was going okay he's gonna be indian yeah yeah, yeah. the guy's gonna be indian or maybe he won't be maybe he won't be and he comes out and he's not like oh okay yeah yeah, and that was more i was like okay that's a because it's a harder ending, I thought that you know Absolutely. it would be funny if the guy was Indian, and then you would approve this hypothesis. Totally, yeah. and you don't. And it gives you this entirely different meaning to like, everything you just watched. Yeah. Totally, and you're kind yeah. of going, okay, so she kind of did what he was saying he wanted, but this doesn't feel very like yeah. you know yeah. like he wanted this. So yeah. was he wrong? Was she yeah, wrong? He's just, like, you know, left there. Yeah. Mm. Fuck. Mm. Made that. Yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Mm. I think I'll go away and like, yeah, try that. Yeah, that that first scene of him, or whatever it is, that early scene mm. of that moment of him saying no to that opportunity, which would have solved everything, mm. and then chasing all the other options, and then trying to incorporate more architecture of, of his own design mm. until yeah, that moment. Yeah, I'll, I'll see I'll see how I go with that sort of structure. And I would say, like, obviously, when you're trying these things, you know, if it's not working, or more importantly, if it's not resonating with you, yeah, you know. Changing. throw out what we've yeah, been yeah. talking about but i suppose what i hope is helpful underneath what we've been talking about is maybe identifying the importance of causality the importance of him as an active protagonist mm. the importance of your personal investment as a filmmaker in the story you know the importance of showing that kind of evolution in the kinds of choices that he's making as a character or not in the case of uncut gems you know but just like sort of attuning to those things and making as a filmmaker clear choices about those dimensions so that yeah you know it's, i think it's easy for any of us to kind of imagine like from the initial concept you pitched you could shoot that cut together a trailer and it would be the exact same trailer as the trailer for the film we've just talked about for the last however many minutes but in the actual experience of the story unfolding it's just like can you take the audience on the journey of causality, of active character choices, etc. Whatever when you say causality, you mean like A causes B, you mm. know, and mm. specifically Mickey causes this. Right. You yeah, know, yeah. Basil Fawlty being this way means that these consequences happen. You know, if if it was, uh, you know, the Fawlty Towers Hotel was run by David Brent, yeah. different shenanigans would occur. It's mm. not the, you know filmmakers imposing these shenanigans on the thing because it will be funny if it's this character did that thing we all saw them do that thing and therefore when that thing happens later we know why that thing's happening it's because this person did that thing in that moment and we all saw it happen Mm, you know mm, mm, mm. yeah no totally what's the working title Mm. it's called well i think work in which basically means uh it's like uh guys if you're not familiar with the gym let me just explain (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> why, why would you suspect that me, a no, man with not. extremely right. long skinny arms, is not familiar with the gym? <laughs> no, I'm joking. Yeah. Um, so it's like, so working is like, can I, you know, work in with you mm. on this like machine or whatever, so yeah. that you do one set and I do another set. So the idea is basically he's trying to fit in all these things in his life, and it all comes crumbling down. I suppose. Mm. So that was my initial thinking of working. 
but I haven't. I'll give you one note on that title. Oh, go go for it. Which is, it's cool now you've explained it. Yeah. But A, I don't know that term. (laughs) And B, the word work, like... Well, I, yeah, if you... I don't. I don't want to go to work. Like, <laughs> okay, I, you know, if uh, I'm watching a movie, I, I I don't want to be working. Yeah. So somehow, at subconscious level, that's telling me like, oh, this film's kind of going to be about that thing that I don't want to be doing. Yeah. So now I made a film called Office Royale, so I'm completely contradicting myself, <laughs> which has the word office in it. It's got but Royale, but Royale is juicy. Yeah. It goes, ooh, okay. So yeah. what is it? Battle Royale in an office, or you mm. know, like. So I guess it's not like a bad title to work in, but I suppose um, I would explore options in Mm. terms of you know we've used words like muscle like champion like you know um i can't remember what other things we've said but i I guess um yeah like yeah i i i I think i i love a question which oh sorry i love a title which makes me sort of ask a question in some way Mm. where i'm going okay what you know what's that about or that Mm, that seems to be kind of um promising some degree of yeah exposure or vulnerability or something um so i wonder whether the the title could risk more Mm. or could have more sort of um i suppose delicious irony you Mm. know hinted at within it or or um something but yeah yeah no i think that's a very good note and i didn't think about that it's a pretty boring title in brackets underneath This is what work it means. Yeah. <laughs> Asterix. Yeah. If you're not familiar with the name, that's my main note. Is the title yeah, needs yeah. more footnotes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Get a footnote on the title. The yeah. whole post is just a bracket. Yeah. The, the tagline is, is actually yeah. just a definition. Um, yeah. Cool. All right. Should we? Should yeah, we do let's yours? move on. Yeah, right. Yeah. Thank so, you, by the way, for oh, sharing no, that. Thank it's, you, it's Sam. Exposing to this publicly, yes. and uh, I thought you handled that brilliantly. So I think you did very, very well. And I'm now terrified. No, 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 no. That's no, good. That's good. No, thank you, Sam. Um, um, but your, yours is at a different stage, right? You're yeah. Go... Well, what I've been, what I've realised, I'm just literally just going through yours now. Is like I, I, I have an image, mm. um, and I kind of want to put it into three films. Um, one of which I've already been kind of working on, and I don't know why it's kind of clicked that they could all be related. This is the image, uh, and this is the limitation I want to put on myself. Mm. Um, uh, so when I work to walk to work every day, I keep passing this mum on the corner and it's like 8am or whatever and she's in her dressing gown and her little kid's next to her and she's just waiting for the bus and she's shouting the kid and then, then she says bye to her and all that kind of stuff. And I have this image because my mum always did school run with us and it was fucking carnage always. Um, and so I just had this image in my head of uh, the camera only stays on her face. And you don't, you're not allowed to move from that. And everything else has to happen around her. And it's all about her trying to get her kids ready for the school run and just everything kind of going wrong. And that's all I have at the moment. And the way I would want to then put it into different, that same limitation into different scenarios. I used to teach kids filmmaking. Uh, I used to do it on Saturdays when I was really fucking hungover. <laughs> and it was always fun at the end but my god was it difficult for the first you know hour or two and again i don't know i wanted to put like just the camera and you've only got one lens and you've only got one face and it's whatever five minutes or something i don't know i don't i don't know it's him conducting a lesson or whatever and everything going absolutely because it would always go absolutely haywire around me six-year-olds with cameras and sound equipment and you're hungover 
you know, and it's just on their mm. on their face. And then the third one is something I've been working on for ages, and I just realized maybe it'd be interesting to put it into that um, scenario. Uh, it's all about, um, I guess all of them are maybe about releasing stress and anxiety. And the last one is um, a man trying to deal with, I don't know what he's dealing with right now, but again, it's just on his face, and he is walking to, I don't know what it is yet, but um, the way he releases his stress is he air drums and he air drums exactly oh, yeah, in great. time yeah. with um, a beat which I need. Um, but he it, he's drumming, no drum kit, nothing there. But it's as if he is drumming. That's how he releases stress. I was wondering, I don't know if there's some way that you each of them at the end, I don't know, you get out of that one shot and it's them somehow releasing stress. Mm. That's all I have at the moment. There's no. I don't know, you know, okay. it's a very early stage. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, which is now I'm like, oh my God, I feel like an idiot saying all that. No, 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 it's, it's great. It's great. I mean, I totally see the, like, sort of, yeah, the value of each of those images. Mm. And it's interesting, yeah, to sort of, I guess, throw things around. So I can tell you what immediately comes to mind for me. So the one with the mother, well, we talked in the previous part of the podcast about Wasp, you know? Yeah, yeah. And the, the tension that comes from this mother trying to look after these kids and get them where they need to be and so on, but also mm-hmm. her own inner life, the things that she needs and, and, and so on. So, you know, immediately, I, I guess I'm asking the question with the mum at the bus stop, like what's going on for her and like what, yeah. what choices are available for her? Again, going back to, you know, we, what we were talking about with Mickey the Muscle, like, you know, the, like h- how is she making choices so that it's not just the worst stuff ever is yeah, happening yeah, to her, sure. but like what choices are available and... I'm I'm going to rattle through the things that came up for me and then we can talk about it but like you know with um the one the 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 teaching one so my girlfriend made a short film starring Mark Weinman called Sex Ed which is one unbroken shot of a teacher oh, trying it? to no way. uh yeah teach a, a sex education class and everything oh, going wrong it. but crucially in that one it's a 9 minute unbroken take but there is an opening scene of about 1 minute in which you get to hear one side of a phone call and you realize that He's uh, waiting for some news, um, mm. medical news around it's the bomb that's under. Yeah, uh, like yeah. a fertility test that he's done because they're trying for a baby, and the yeah. question is like maybe he's un- like infertile. And yeah. so as he's trying to teach the sex education class, and everything's going wrong, and people mm. are like, you know, the students are mocking him as a teacher and kind of treating him as if he's this, you know, impervious to pain sort of figure. He's trying to hold it together, and you know, yeah. um, whatever. And then in the one, the third one was, oh yeah, the, the guy who's drumming. Um, well, uh, the, the, the film that came to mind was that Ben Whishaw short film, mm. Beats. Oh, Beats, yeah, Which yeah. I haven't actually seen, but I yeah, know it's, it's, it's treated as a classic. Yeah, it's um, kind of like the movement and everything. Kind of yeah, yeah, so I guess, you know, why am I saying any of that? Well, I guess I'm just wondering what can those films teach us mm. in terms of as we're like, you know, chipping away at what what these ideas are um so i guess like maybe the maybe the mum one is the one to talk about first because it it feels like in a way it's the most fully formed because it has this character at the center of it we know that she's got a goal which is to get these kids to school Mm. we know that she's got some kids around her we know that she's in a public place so there's a lot of elements to work with there Mm. and we also know that we're making the film about her today yeah, and we're not yeah. making a film about her last week and we're not making a film about yeah. her next month. So what's different about mm. today 
that means that this school run is the one that's worthy of being a movie. Yeah, yeah. And so I guess, you know, the like easy thing to do is a crazy person walks into the story yeah. and, you know, makes her life difficult. The hard thing to do is that as in the Mickey the Muscle, you Entirely know, thing was... in like so, what what is put in her path that means that her motivation goes from being get these kids to school to actually there's something else that I want and the getting the kids to school is the obstacle, which is how Wasp functions as a movie as well. What I really want is just to go on a date with Danny Dyer. What I have to do is make sure these kids don't die, you know? (laughs) So like like on every other day, the school run, the motivation is get these kids to school. If you take that and make that the obstacle, that's immediately engaging because the whole audience goes, well, you can't leave these kids you know yeah, yeah, so yeah. we're all on board with the tension that is inherent in that yeah. and wasp is a great example in terms of teaching us you know the value of tension in terms of creating audience investment in tiny moments so i guess my question is like what new motivation might put itself in front of her and then that takes me to the question of why you as the filmmaker because you mm. mentioned you know your mum used to take you on the school run it was always blah blah, blah. Mm. so are you at some level making a film about putting yourself the filmmaker in your mum's shoes like what mm. what questions did you have when you were a kid looking at your mum yeah, yeah yeah you know what like why this character yeah. and what do you think you know what what do you think you were fascinated by or were the unknown un, you know yeah. like unresolved questions for you as a kid looking at your mum in that situation or with the with the benefit of hindsight now that you're an adult yeah, yeah. like wh- what's the sort of the juicy nugget there that we could really yeah. you know use to to define this new motivation that's put in front of her. It's a really good question. I I'm I'm really fascinated, but I've written something else about this as well, the mum and son thing. Mm. Um, why uh, I, when I was a kid, and I now understand, but like, why is it so stressed? Why is she so stressed? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And you're, you're like kind of like, why does this all have to be so? And but there's so much. But as a seven year old, eight year old kid, you are part of this problem but she's got a full-time job she was a doctor she's a doctor Mm. my dad wasn't like he was uh you know not he wasn't around he was but he was he was already at work or whatever so there's that no one else helping her out she's got to get she's got three kids that are all under eight or whatever that are all trying to you know fuck around do this and that um she needs to get to work uh on time there's no excuse not to be there on time there are patients that to see who she's seen 50 of yesterday and we'll see another 50 of today who are all fucking shouting probably and they've all got problems of their own. Mm. So it's probably an element of everyone's relying on me mm. and there's nothing that... Who who am I meant to... You know, who's looking after okay. me? Which is, But from the outside, I guess I was always like, why is it always so stressful? But then, you know, you're part of three kids under eight. You know? Well, yes, true. But, you know, if we, if we say, um, okay, I'm going to just as a thought exercise, mm-hmm. um, say, if you put Amit Shah into that role and he's a father, yeah, blah, blah, yeah. blah, I totally understand why he, you know, needs to get to work on time and he needs to show up for everyone and be this dutiful, you yeah. know, like, good guy, basically. If you put Dustin Demery Burns in that role, I yeah. think he's going to end up late for work. He's going to, you know, he's going to have his eye turned by something and he's going yeah, like, to end up, you know, whatever. Yeah. So I'm going, if it's this mother, as opposed to any other mother, you know, yeah. this woman... What what is it about her that means that it's so important to her that she not be a minute late past nine p- nine a.m. when she gets to work, etc.? What is that sort of 
you know, good girl syndrome, type A, whatever. And therefore, does that tell us something about what could be put in front of her mm. that tempts her away from the ordinary, you know, wheels turning of the yeah. normal morning routine? You've got something going on. I, I just, I, it kind of goes in a different way, but I, just because you said Amit anyway, but it, I was like, but what if, I don't know, it's just an idea that came to me. Does she have an audition as mm. an actress that maybe she's like, this is a big potential gig that could get me out of, and I could have someone doing this for me. So maybe there's a selfish element there of like, oh my God, I wouldn't have to wake up and deal with this every day. I don't know. Is Absolutely. That, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. good. I mean, certainly like put the thing that be dangled in front of her being a potential route out of the hamster yeah. wheel of every morning, this, you know, school run, that yeah. feels very juicy. And we can all as an audience relate to that. I suppose... Then, I'm, then my question is like, well, what's the Faustian bargain that's offered by that yeah. carrot that's dangled? Because if the carrot is simply just be great at this audition and you can like win the lottery, essentially, well, fine, that's that works. But like, is there a more complex sort of element to it where it's like, okay, you know, like like in Wasp, for example the carrot that's dangled is connection with Danny Dyer, but Danny Dyer doesn't really want to be going out with someone who's got all these young kids. So she's got to, she is auditioning in that situation, Mm. but she's also got to lie and she's got to like hide about who she really is. So is there, you know, I'm not saying it's that necessarily, but like, you know, in terms of what's put in front of her, brilliant if it offers a pathway out, like, you know, off Mm. the hamster wheel, but then at what cost? And and how is that cost speaking to the core, like, wound that she's carrying basically which is why she needs to be there not a minute past 9am yeah you know that why she is Amit Shah not destined Emery Burns in terms of being dutiful and fulfilling obligation and showing up for these kids every day like what is that covering for Mm. in herself yeah like the Mm. duty element you mean like Mm. why does she need she has to yeah Yeah, because I was interested because maybe if there is an option like kind of what you're saying to Jan about an option out of was there a friend who could have taken them to school right but she's even though there is that option out and she is stressed out of her mind Mm. and she's got the audition or whatever she still wants to take them to school in a way yeah because she's got the duty but I don't know what that's covering for if I may say this I don't know what it's covering for at the moment no and and we may not get there in this one conversation Mm. but I think um I guess it comes down to again this question of you as a kid looking at your mum and Mm. wondering you know it's like your mum showed up for you and did that school run even though it was chaos every day at some level that must have come at a cost to her etc you know you presumably when as you're looking at her as a kid are wondering you know a why she's so stressed which is a good question for the film to answer like where is that stress coming from is it just externally put upon her or is that in some way self-generated because she's got a you know the voice of her inner critic is going you know gotta be a good mom gotta be a good mom yeah Yeah, exactly like is that in some way her mom talking to her that's been internalized or whatever so you know like is you know i mean i'm just thinking about conversations i've had with you know friends of mine who are young parents and you know something people talk about a lot is is guilt and the guilt that you're not being the parent that you wanted to be or you know that you, you don't feel you're living up to the thing that you you know you wanted to be for your kid so you know i guess like in talking about yeah faustian bargain etc and that carrot that's dangled in front of her it would be potentially really nice if there's a sort of a guilt element to that is would it be something like if she did get it she would be i'm just saying like she's sweeped off to la but it would mean she wouldn't 
have time with her kid and maybe there's an element of guilt there that yeah the fact that she even wants it is bad is that she's feeling guilty about even wanting to the audition absolutely i mean i mean certainly like Mm. you know you can imagine like immediately it starts to come to mind you know this 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 scene where she's there and she's in you know the status quo as as with any other morning and then someone stops her and is like my god i love your look you know like you you are just what we've been looking for blah 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 and sort of you know laying out the red carpet in a way of like you know dangling this carrot of opportunity and you see the like how much she wants this and so on but as she's like you know and, and the person's saying look just come with me, like, just just come into the production office, it'll take 20 minutes, blah, 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 just going, I've got to get these kids to school, blah, 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 and, you know, can I come back tomorrow? No, the tapes have got to go to LA today, and, you know, all these, like, the sort of the, the, the negotiation of that, and ultimately, as she's kind of exploring the, am I going to make this choice to walk away from this bus stop and go into this production office and do this thing, knowing full well what the consequences of that will be, she's also discovering new pieces of information which are adding layers of guilt like yeah. oh god you know i mean we did this in in big ears a bit like you know mark weinman's character is like talking about going and driving a yeah. tesla up mulholland and driving like <laughs> we keep adding these layers of detail which make it worse and worse and worse yeah. for amit shah's character um and like so yeah it's like what what could she be learning the more that this opportunity is dangled that make it simultaneously more tantalizing, but also more guilt-inducing, guilt-inducing and make yeah. the decision of, do I do I take one step off my normal daily routine, make the difficulty of that choice harder and harder and harder and harder with each new detail that is revealed. Yeah, yeah like, maybe the, like, I don't know, like a kid is sick or something like that. Right. So the, the more pressure is more Brilliant. to be with the kid and is the kid Yeah, she's be just right? at the point where she's going to go and take that deviation yeah. and then she gets the call saying, you know, oh your fellow doctor isn't, you know, mm. like has called in sick and you're needed and there's the blah, 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 you know, yeah, yeah. like yeah, whatever. It's cool. just, yeah, it's exactly. Or, or one of the kids in her, you know, custody is, is you know, yeah, or, or just needs the toilet or like, you know, yeah. like, are you going to like yeah. make this kid piss their pants so that you can go on audition to go to Hollywood? Mm. Like, yeah. you know, like, I think it'd be really fun to just, yeah. sort of continue to explore could you, could you put it in a situation i wonder where let's take the school run out of it mm-hmm. and say she's actually just taking her kid to an audition right because there's no other choice there does Ooh. that make it more interesting I, i'm just fucking around with it because the only thing i have no, in my head good. is that image of that one face i mean um, i mean for sure you could have you know a mother who's taking their kid to an audition and the mother is the one who gets like talent spotted yeah and it's really the kind of thing of like are you going to like kind of fuck over your kid by going <laughs> off you know, yeah. to this audition, not yeah, the one yeah, you've come yeah. to because it would, mm. you know, potentially solve yeah. all your problems, but your kid's not going to understand that because they've been learning their lines for a week and they've got the part of Dorothy nailed down and you're going to yeah. have to, you know, that that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. So the choice is like, yeah, child or ambition essentially well i think that's really the question isn't it it's like what is the core theme so like in in Mm. the mickey the muscle Mm. one it's like do you want to be perceived as the champion yeah or are you okay being seen as vulnerable vulnerable. Mm. you know so in this one what is it's like do you want to be seen as the perfect parent the perfect Mm. you know employee the perfect like you know sort of Yeah. yeah that type a syndrome or are you okay being seen in your complexity and allowing in the parts of yourself that you may be less proud of, you know, but in doing so, perhaps give yourself the thing that you really need. And I suppose 
you know, it's a it's a harder um, it's a harder story to get the audience to go along with, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. you're really asking the audience to, at some level, root for or endorse the quote unquote selfish choice. Yeah. yeah. So I guess the question is, you know what can you dramatize early on in the story that gives us a clue as to why it's actually not entirely the selfish choice, but also maybe it's about the specificity of it. And just, you know, it's an invitation for the viewer to recognize their own selfishness and their own, you know, need like to be a full person as well. So getting us to be as tempted as she is at each step along the way Mm. and to see her, you know, a bit like Mickey the Muscle is using, you know, using his muscle, using his smarts and whatever. We're seeing her use her responsibility, use her, you know, dutiful, uh, you know, like care for these kids and whatever as, as you know, ways to try to push this opportunity away. But the universe is calling bullshit on her by going, yeah, but, Mm. yeah, "Yeah, but this, you know. And is maybe there is like, uh, as I say, she, as I'm going back now, Mm. not in the audition, she gets the like, oh, you, you've got this audition, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, oh, I can't do it because of, you know, Mm. I've got to take so-and-so to school or I've got to do this with them. And then she gets the opportunity. Her mate goes, I'll look after him. And yet she still says maybe no. Okay. Like, I don't know. I'm, well, what's I, I don't even know where I am now. In the, so I don't even no, know but which what, location what that, I'm what in. That but gives, what that gives me the idea of is she's not on the school run. It's her kid's birthday party. Yeah. They're in the park. Yeah. And she's got, you know, her like her kids and all the friends, whatever. It's the special day. Yeah. And she's getting talent spotted or whatever, or whatever the thing is that's wanting to take her away. And there's other adults there. There's, you know, there's other yeah. people who could take responsibility, but ultimately it involves walking away from her child's birthday party mm, yeah. on, you know, the most important day of their year. Now, what that lacks is the, you know, what you were talking about, about the chaos of the school run and the sort mm. of the um, the duty element in terms of the procedure of the everyday of being a parent. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, well, now we're sort of like, you know, swapping in so many elements that there's a million ways we can go with it. But I suppose... Maybe that's where, like, I would probably say we bring it back to that core question of, like, you and your mum. And, like, you know, like, when you think about that relationship and who she was and, who like, what was the fundamental, like, dichotomy in her as a person or the the line of tension in in, in the two sides of her? Because maybe that... Well, I... um... And you don't she, have to share this publicly. No, you don't no, want no, to, no, but you know. Yeah, <laughs> um, I guess the the ambition one's really interesting. I think for loads of working mums, mm. uh, and my mine included as well, is the well. My big ambition is to be a, an actress, or my ambition is to be a doctor who's done this and that. But I also want to have kids mm. and i also want to be their mom and i want to look after them how the fuck do i do all of that and i think mm. i th- well now it's changing but i think you know back in like the 90s anyway there was mm. these, the gender stereotypes were much more like fixed than they are now and men had much more of an opportunity to be like this is my career i'm going with it you know whereas it's like that i think that's really interesting of like the guilt maybe around either one if i spend too much time with my kids then i'm spending enough time on my career and not fulfilling my ambition to be x but then if I'd spend too much time in the office or on set or whatever, then I'm failing as a mum and I'm, you know, getting them a childminder and, and whatever. I'm not spending enough time with them and am I raising them? Mm. And that, I think, is quite interesting. You know what this makes me think is 
may, like you mentioned earlier in the other film idea about telling it from the child's perspective. Yeah. But there's something really interesting about the child mm. witnessing in their parent this, like, you know, yeah. like these, these warring factions and seeing that in some way they themselves, the young kid, are yeah. the obstacle to their mother having yeah, what she wants. Yeah, that's interesting. And, you know, in terms of what choice does the character make at the end that they're unable or unwilling to make at the start, is there a choice that the kid attempts to make at the end of saying like it's okay mum like you know go or like i like we can like we don't need to go to that shop to get that toy i wanted or whatever and actually maybe in the like emotion of the kid making that choice the older mother character realizes that what she really wants is to go to the shop with the kid to get the toy or is to get you know good so there's something you know about sort of yeah um so yeah so it's really it's a really interesting theme i mean i think mm. everyone can relate to yeah. you know the the tension between what you want and you know yeah. what you want to be for other people and uh, you know for yeah. people you the, care the, about i guess where i'm in my life at the moment my decision is really obvious <laughs> it's the ambition wins Right, you don't have a kid. I don't have a kid though, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just don't know. Right, but it's it's interesting, isn't it? When, but like you know, I'm sure that would change if I did have a kid. Yeah, yeah. You know, where does ambition then go? And it goes back to the book I'm reading at the moment. He talks, but he's like, "You are. It's kind of horrible to have ambition because mm. if you didn't like, or if she didn't, she wasn't ambitious. She could just that could be her sole yeah. focus." But because you are burdened with ambition, Mm. it can't, and everything is, I don't know, if if I would bring it back to myself, it's like, so now I've got a uh, full-time job at the moment to make ends meet, and it could be, I could just do the nine to five, and I could enjoy, you know, today's my day off, but I don't want to, (laughs) and you're like, I'm making my life harder, Mm. but I can't, I can't not, that's like, I don't know, it's really interesting totally and what that speaks to for me is like you know i think it's hard to get an audience to root for a character's ambition Mm. but i think when a character is trying to not be ambitious and trying to do the thing that's like more universally acceptable but can't help but be tempted you know like you know i i'm probably going to start a family pretty soon and I know that when I do that, I want my family to be my priority. And yeah. I can it's easy for me to say that now because I don't have kids. Now, I'm sure that once I'm, you know, in that situation, there may well be character opportunity that get dangled where I'm going, nope, nope, <laughs> not interested, not interested. Yeah. But there's a part of me that's going, God oh, damn, man, I really I want it. that, yeah. you know. Yeah. And so I think it would be really cool for this character to be like trying to insist that, you know, it goes back to, the I'm fine yeah, thing that you yeah. were talking about earlier, which is like what I have in every film that I do with Amit, is like, you know, early on the character's going, I'm fine. No, I don't need that yeah, opportunity. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm fine about that. But actually what they need to admit by the end of the story is I'm not fine. I do actually need to yeah. Yeah, have this ambition that I can't yeah. justify, but fuck it, I do need it. Or I do need yeah. to, you know, whatever the more shameful thing mm-hmm. is. But in that, there's a universal relatability. Yeah. yeah. I also think like within that... um and I see it a lot in, uh, like, I don't know, like just people I know, but with people who make a sacrifice for their career, for their children, it can, and you can end up resenting the child. Yeah. Mm. And that's really interesting. And it kind of reminds me a bit about your films and like Amit sort of looking at people in a different way. Yes. Or especially in Tall, Dark and Handsome, it's like kind of like, 
you sort you know and you don't want you can't have that either you can't be resenting your child for mm. you know not allowing you the opportunity so it's like yeah. you'll be walking that Totally. that tightrope and that is, would be interesting to explore that's like really interesting. oh do i i'm, I'm sort of resent my child is this right am i yeah <laughs> should i be taking that opportunity yeah. or should i just be is this something wrong with me or definitely you know? and whether that's being told from the kid's perspective wholesale or whether it's just a little shot where you get to see you know the kid kind of glancing over and pretending they didn't like see that moment or feel mm. that or you know eavesdrop or whatever i yeah. think yeah it's, it's really powerful because as a you know as a kid you are aware of you know the um the ways your parents are behaving. You might not understand mm. why or what it is, but you certainly have some metric in your head which goes, when I'm like this, they seem to be really happy. Yeah, and when I'm like this, yeah, they yeah. seem to not be so happy. Mm, yeah. And so, yeah, f- framing the sort of dangled character opportunity in terms of her really trying to resist it, but secretly wanting it, and the kid seeing how much she secretly wants it and feeling bad about themselves and potentially trying to come in and you know, impact the situation, but in doing so, reminding her what she really cares about and making the choice that she mm. ultimately wants to make. I mean, now I'm just projecting myself <laughs> onto your story, but no, I, no, no, no. but you know, I, like, I guess what if I if we zoom out and try to go to a more sort of like, you know, principles to take forward level, because I don't mm. know that we'll solve everything on this yeah, conversation, yeah, yeah, yeah. but you know, I suppose it is about yeah, like, like you know, for her to be a complex character whose face is worth watching in close-up for the length of this short film, there needs to be both conflict externally but also conflict internally. So defining what are the two sides of of that internal conflict and how are those two sides being activated in the choices that are put in front of her and the sort of, you know, the the cards that are being dealt. Mm. And, you know, can there be a bit like in the uh, Mickey the Muscle example, a level of self-denial, delusion, mm. what, you know, whatever, where, whereby she is, she's really trying to do one thing, but the thing that she needs to do is the, the other, other thing. Do you, do you think there's a, well, is there an element maybe of fear then of like, by rejecting the potential opportunity, she is um, protecting herself from, being rejected by that opportunity if that does that make sense 100 percent. and she's using the kid as an excuse maybe to be like i well i wouldn't have got that audition anyway kind of totally yeah and and that's the kind of thing that like you know the person who's dangling this opportunity they might say that to her you know she might try and say sorry no i've you know i've got Mm. to take my kid to school and they're like really Mm. what you couldn't be 10 minutes late yeah like are you is that really the truth or are you just using that as an excuse? Yeah, like yeah. that's a cool piece of dialogue to put in someone's mouth yeah. so that you can then do the shot where you see her eyes as she hears that and you go, you see yeah. the recognition of truth in her eyes and she's going, fuck, like, yeah, <laughs> you know? Got me. I, yeah. yeah, you got me. You got I was me. using that as yeah. an excuse and yeah. I always have been, you yeah, know? Yeah, 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 yeah. And that takes her one step closer to making the step off of the hamster wheel yeah, towards this thing, but yeah. that's so scary to her to do because it yeah. means exposing herself, you know, as vulnerable in the fullness of her mm. nature i um uh at uni i went into some uh acting auditions and i self-sabotaged myself 
Sure. So I really wanted to do them. Yeah. I didn't know that. And uh, and then I I was like, nope. I got into the audition. I sabotaged myself. In the audition. Yeah. What do you mean? What do you mean? You just I just fucked up. One yeah. of them was a musical. I fucked up the singer. I can sing all right, but I just fucked it up really bad on purpose. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And I, I really regret it because I was terrified if I got in. Yeah. <laughs> I was like terrified of actually getting it if I actually got it. Hundred yeah, percent. Wouldn't that be interesting terrified. to have this character saying these things to her of like. Really, you you know, yeah. you're not you, you don't want this, or you're just scared of what it would do to your life. Like, yeah. are you afraid of being happy? Like, yeah, these yeah, are yeah, yeah. very powerful questions to ask a main character, and she doesn't need to answer them. Yeah. Just you can see them land with her. There's a great um, expression in Jungian psychology: confront the dragon, get the gold. Yeah. What is this character's dragon? What mm. does she need to confront mm. inside herself? Same with Mickey the Muscle, mm. right? Confront the well, dragon, get the gold. Him. The dragon is his father has told him never be vulnerable don't show your weakness be strong a man yeah. is strong you know mm. confront that dragon get the gold the gold is the relationship with his daughter that he will actually yeah. make him happy mm. you know what is what's the dragon, what's the dragon yeah. for this mother you know i don't know well yeah. i mean i think that's the question to ponder on and, yeah. and and to go yeah it is um what we're talking about ultimately is in a sense it's 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 the fear of having the life that you claim you want you yeah. know and the it's the fear of not being enough you know yeah, what yeah. if i go for it and i get rejected you yeah. know and then i didn't get accepted and my kid knows that i'm a shit mother because i was mm. willing to like mm. jeopardize all this you know like it, it's both of these stories actually are deep down a fear of not being enough and a belief yeah. that you need to satisfy this public image of mickey the muscle the good mother you know yeah, whatever yeah. in order to be counted as worthwhile and to get the love of your children in both stories mm. and yeah it's you know there's not one right answer to that but i think it's about going how can we most like poke this dragon yeah. you know and and see the looks in both characters eyes as the dragon gets poked and as they're yeah. you know taken closer to the edge of needing to make the choice that seemed unthinkable at the start yeah mm. what do you think uh, maybe this is more of a general question what is that like because i think it's in yours as well that ambition to like own a thing or like this mum's ambition to, to mm. get this role and whatever what is it like it do you think that ambition stems from the fear of not being enough Certainly. or is it do you think that's it like that's what it is yeah i think so yeah yeah do you think all ambition stems from that or are you i think ambition is part of the human condition but i think you know i mean if you want to go really deep on it what I, you know what i think is a child you know like a fetus exists in a womb in mm. which for the most part all of their needs are met they are born into a world which is terrifying and overwhelming where all of a sudden they're covered in goop and people are touching them and whatever and they're going what the fuck is going on this is insane <laughs> Not all of their needs can be met all the time because it's impossible. Yeah. And so from infancy, they start developing an internal metric of when I'm like this, more of my needs get met. Mm. When I'm like that, fewer of my needs get met. Those needs might be love, safety, hunger, you know, etc. And what that does over time is creates a persona, you know, a calcification around a personality that is the way that you believe you need to show up in the world. And what most great films do is take that facade to breaking point and say, you know, sure, that'll work on your average day, but on today, the most yeah. challenging day of your life, today. it's going to be 
tested to breaking yeah. point mm -hmm. and you're going to be forced to let go of a core belief of I need to behave in X way because yeah confront the dragon get the gold there's um oh, you know philosopher talks about the shadow um, it's young yeah it's a young yeah yeah, yeah. And it's like, you are terrified of the shadow. It's like, you, take, you feel, if I think about like, well, if I really put some time into songwriting, I could be on stage. Sure. <laughs> I don't do it. No. Because what if I'm not very good? You, you make it, movies yeah. about characters dancing to music <laughs> yeah. rather than creating the music yeah. that would be exposing to do. Maybe that's it, you know? Mm. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, well, maybe I, I make films because I'm too scared to be in them. I don't know. It's the, it's the shadow, isn't it? Hundred percent. Yeah. And that, you know, immediately to go back to your mother at the bus stop, you know, yeah. idea. If that mother really wants to be a musician, and you yeah. know, rather than auditioning to be an actress or whatever, there's, you know, like she she gets overheard humming to herself, or yeah. you know, like what is why is the story occurring on this day? It's because there's a yeah. part of her, you know, it's it's the it's the bird that wants to sing, mm. you know, get gets witnessed for what for the for the seed of what they contain. Someone can see that potential in yeah. her, and is going to attempt to draw that out. But in drawing it out, they're going to poke all of the you know, mm. like most difficult aspects of how the her life has been constructed, and the you know, the precarious balance that everything is held in to expose the weakness of it yeah. to force the facade to crumble in order that she gets to express, you know, a truer version of herself, even if it means being seen as less than perfect yeah. and risking not being loved by her kid, by her yeah. whatever, but actually in doing so, showing her humanity and therefore getting that love. Yeah. Mm. Oof, that was good. That was oh man, so good, yeah. That was so um, fun. Yeah. I love this shit. That's, that's <laughs> definitely like up there with one of my favorite things we've ever done. Oh good. Like, it was just so, you know, useful yeah right like getting real time for someone like you like that was pretty i mean i'm yeah. so grateful to you guys for bringing yeah. all of the process and all of yourselves to the process because i really feel like we did capture what it would be like if the microphones weren't recording and if we oh, were yeah, just yeah. talking about these yeah, ideas yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah. that it takes vulnerability from you guys so yeah, yeah. thanks appreciate no, thank it thank you man that was very very useful